Women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. My guest today has worked in the health and wellness industry for 23 years, and her focus has been on helping women feel great in their own skin. She focuses on helping women with self-care and not eating their emotions. My guest today is Pam Sherman. Hi, Pam. How are you? I'm super excited to be here with Yasme. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so I would like for to ask you, what's one thing in your life that you're proud of um, that's relating to personal development? I have books and have an eighth one on the way and a ninth one mostly written. And that's something I never thought I would do. I never thought I would be an author. And that's, that's really exciting for me. Okay. So what about um, personal development? Um, so other than business, what is it that you're proud of yourself? Because um, we can talk about, um, you know, uh, the book later. But um, as um, to develop yourself as a person, what was it? Uh, what is it that one thing that you're proud of yourself um, for? Uh, resiliency is what I'm really proud of. I've overcome a lot of really hard obstacles in my life and I've always been a positive person and that has never, um, I've positive Pam really, no matter if it's family stuff or personal things, uh, I have overcome like everybody else has speed bumps, big, big speed bumps along the way. And I'm on the other side of it and better for having gotten through it. Right. Positive Pam. I love that. So now let's go back to you as a child. What were some of the struggles in your life? I come from a really dysfunctional family, but as a little kid, you don't know that because that's just the family you grow up in. Right. And as you get older, you look back and you think that was not normal. And I need to not be with the people that don't make me thrive and don't um, fulfill me on a personal level. Um, that was probably the biggest struggle. And there's a lot of alcoholism in my family. Um, and it's, uh, it was not the Brady Bunch growing up that, <laughs> that I watched every day on TV after school. That's for sure. Right. Well, what exactly what was happening to you at, um, say, at, and what age are you talking about? Um, well, things I didn't remember when I was in fifth and sixth grade, I had an older brother who was into drugs and alcohol and my mom, my dad traveled a lot for work. So my mom did a lot of yelling and screaming. And in the old days, he was very tall. She was very short. She would beat him with a wooden spoon. Oh. And, and I would be hiding in my room in the corner with my hands over my head. My, I have a middle brother and he would tell me this. I had no memory of that. Okay. So your mom, uh, yeah. So in order to control him, she tried yes. and beat him with a spoon. Oh boy. He must've been a pretty rough kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pretty rough kid and this was in the 70s where there was no um, rehab treatments or programs for kids to go to and parents did the best they could but it was a very it was a very scary time for me that's yeah. for sure 
Oh, definitely. Because you ran, ran into the closet in your, in your head, right? Um, just yes. be afraid for you. Um, so what, why, why were you hiding? Well, I was in the corner of my room. I didn't know where else to go to feel safe. So my yeah. door was shut. I was in the corner of my room. Um, shortly after that, I started running when I was 11. And when things got bad, I would go out for a run because that would always make me feel better. Right. Oh, awesome. All right. So then now as a teenager, what were some of the, tr the challenges in your life as a teenager? Um, well, my brothers are six and seven years older than me, so they were out of the house. But there's a, uh, some mental illness in my mom and having to be the only one at home with her because my dad traveled all the time for work was very hard. And I used running a lot to cope with the emotional abuse that I went through. And I was very lucky to have it because both my brothers are alcoholics and they turned to that to cope with life. And I would, I would run and I found out you cannot run and cry at the same time. It's just, it's impossible. You got to do one or the other. Right. And, and sometimes I would stop and cry. I've had, a, I've had a high school friend tell me she'd find me on the corner just sitting crying. And sometimes I would make it through the whole run. But that was the way I coped with uh, pretty hard um, teenage years. Right. And so, you know, I'm really glad that you found something that's constructive that you can do because I mean, running, I mean, I run too. And well, I was a runner back in the day. And I find that, you know, running, it, it's, I just feel free when I was um, running and it just makes me, um, you know, it clears my mind. And so, I, so I love, I love running and I'm glad that you said, so do you still run now? 41 years later, I still run. Yes. Wow. And do you just run on your own or do you run marathon or what, what kind of running do you do? I did marathons when I was younger. I have done 15 marathons and wow. eight half marathons. And then I, I, I still love to run, but I have a running. I'll run three miles, four miles. And I run a little bit on my own. I run it because I love the way it makes me feel, but I don't have that drive to run big races anymore. It's right. more for the, the mental, the mental side of things. Right. And how far did you go in running? Did you just do it? You did it for yourself or did you um, join a club or now? No, back then. Oh, well, in, in high school, I was on the cross country and track team. And then in college, I went to the Ohio State University. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of my high school friends went there. So we started running the Columbus Marathon every year. And it became a tradition for us because none of us were good enough to run at a Big Ten college. But we all loved to run. So that was a we held that tradition for eight years. Wow. And it was we were young and dumb and didn't know any better and just thought, <laughs> let, let, let's keep doing it every year. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call that dumb. I think it's uh, um, it's really because you're you know like doing some like something good for your body, um, for your mind, you know. And of course, you made some great friendships, right? So, it was good. And and we love the challenge of it because you really, as a runner, you know this. You really find out what you're made of when you push yourself. Right. Exactly. Especially when the times that you say, I, you know, your 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 um your body's saying I can't do it, and your mind goes, Yes, you can. <laughs> you're gonna do it <laughs> and you just do it mm -hmm. i remember when I, I when i was i mean running and i we, um there's certain days that we had i'm not sure what day it was but we had to run 600 meters you know like a basically a maximum 600 meters and i would like you know dread you know the, the workouts like 600 meters you know no you know and then but the coach said okay it's time it's time to go your mind goes yeah i'm gonna do it you just go and you just do it just because you, um, you know, you had to, I mean, I, we, I mean, I end up getting sick at the end of it, 
right? But it doesn't matter. But after like, oh, that was good. That wasn't so bad. Once it's all done and over with, right? That's awful. That's a sprint the whole time. That's a, that, yeah, it's it's a sprint, you know, and um, but, uh, you know, but of course, it, you know, you have to do stuff like that in order to progress and get and become better as an athlete. So what were some of the challenges you had um, as an adult? My biggest challenge was about three years ago, I was out for a run on a sidewalk and I got hit by a car. Oh, and it was just a guy who was taking a right-hand turn and only looked left and sped out of the parking lot. And I was right there and I couldn't stop. And I, I literally ate his windshield because I left a tooth in his windshield. Oh, wow. But I did not have any brain injury. I didn't break any bones. I smashed my Garmin, unfortunately. I think I would have broken my wrist if I didn't have my Garmin on, which great. That's fine. I can replace that. Right. Um, but that was, it was definitely a, a challenging time in my life. Wow. And so how long did it take for you to recover? Uh, it took a year and seven months to put all the teeth back in my head. I ended up losing six teeth. Uh, I was running five weeks later. Five weeks later, you're running because you, you had to run, right? And so what drove you to run after, um, you know, being in a car accident? Well, I, like you, I love the way running makes me feel. It's my clarity. It makes me a nicer person. It makes me a nicer mom, a better wife. I am more productive. And because I had no control of what was going on with my mouth, it was a little bit of control that I had to be able to go out and run. And I remember talking to my sports doctor. I went to go see him after I got hit and I just said, can I run again? I said, oh, you'll be running within six weeks. I was right. like, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That must have been torture when you were there, um, you know, unable to, uh, to do any exercise. Oh, yeah. I, I remember, you know, times that I got injured and, um, and it was so tough because um, as an athlete, but, you know, you want to hear your coach say, yeah, you can run. Yes, go ahead and run. But, uh, but you know, if you do that, they get, you know, um, even more injured. But it was torture whenever I got injured because all I want to do was run um, because that was my life. And it was hard to sit back, you know, especially when I pulled my hamstring. It was hard to sit back and, um, and wait. You know, and um, of course, uh, everybody else is running, and, and then you think, "Oh my God, they're gonna be, they're gonna be better than me because I'm um, there training and I'm not." <laughs> Do you still run? Uh, I I don't. Um, I uh, on on and off, you know, um, in the summer. But um, but I, I prefer I like to be in the gym. And I like to do weights. That's my thing. And I, I I and I and I am you know I go the in the in the gym and I you know I walk slash run on the treadmill. So I still, um, you know, I still do fitness and I, and I love it because um, it just makes me feel good, you know? Um, so that's why I, I do it. Even though I'm not training to be an Olympian, I'm just doing it just for my health, you know? But, you know, just to make sure that I, I feel good. I keep my weight down, keep my mind clear, just like, just like you. Okay, so, so tell me, what is it that you do for women in this world? I, before I got hit, I was a group exercise instructor and personal trainer, and I helped women feel amazing in their own skin. Because let's face it, if you've had a baby, you can do a burpee. Right. And I believed in them more than they did. Uh, since being hit, I couldn't go back to teaching because I had to have a whole bunch of different oral surgeries. I created an online coaching program that has all of my 20 years of experience in one program. 
and I empower them to lose the physical and emotional weight that keeps them blind to their own beauty. As women, we give and we give and we give, and a lot of times we don't put ourselves on our own priority list every day. I work with women and tell them they need to be at the top of their list because when you take care of yourself, you take better care of everybody else. Right, because if your cup is, um, is empty, you can't give. And, and we, as women, we really love to um, help others. And so we'll do everything for everybody else. And then we are on the back burner. And then we wonder why we're, you know, we're unhealthy, wonder why we have gained weight, wonder why we're, we're depressed and sad, right? So you have to, so, so how would, if somebody comes to you and, and say, you know, how do I put myself first? Um, what do you do? What are the, what's the first two, um, two things that you would tell those clients? I would tell them to look at their calendar on their phone because we all have calendars on our phones and put a non-negotiable appointment every day with themselves. It can say PT, personal time. They have to start moving their bodies. Now, I'm in the old day, as me, I was go hard or go home. Now I'm like, just find movement you love. It could be old school, high impact aerobics. It could be Zumba, it could be yoga. But putting time into yourself, we both know, clears your head and makes you calmer, gives you clarity. Then I ask women to sleep more because when you sleep more, you want to move, you want to eat better, you want to drink water. You don't want to just drink coffee all day. Well, you might want to drink coffee all day, but you have water too. <laughs> <laughs> so th those are my top two recommendations. See, so why do you tell them to sleep more? Like, and how long should um, they sleep for? Well, there's... Everything that I read say, says we need between six to eight hours a night. Now, everybody's different. So I'm not going to tell you, you have to get eight hours. My number is seven hours. So I make sure I get seven hours a night. I have women, and I'm sure you know people too, that have a little Netflix problem. Right. I tell them to set their alarm to go to bed. Don't be a slave to the TV to make sure that they're going to bed at a reasonable hour. If you have to get up early, you got to go to bed early. Netflix will be there the next day. All right. And so, uh, so what, um, what do you say the women say, well, I need to watch TV because that really calms me. Like, um, so what do you say to them so that they can go to go, uh, um, get their eight hours or nine hours sleep? I tell them to, I will tell them to, first of all, get a gratitude journal and write why they're thankful for so many things in their life. And get a good book. A good book is relaxing and calming and will help turn their brain down so that they're ready to go to sleep. Right, because I said sleep is so important because I mean, if you don't get enough sleep, then it's, um, it's hard to concentrate. I know when I don't get enough sleep, it's hard for me to concentrate, you know, and I, I belong to the 5 a.m. club where um, I get a lot accomplished when I go to bed early and I wake up early um, you know, five o'clock and I, and I just get, and I just find that I, and I'll exercise and then, and then I'll do whatever I need to do. I find that I'm on a roll <laughs> with whatever it is that I, that I decide to do. I write it down. I say, I'm going to accomplish this. And I put a check mark on it when it's done. Right. And I, I love, I love to put check marks on things. Agreed. And, and when you do that, the rest of your day goes better. Yes because you've done so much. And when you don't get enough sleep, I feel like women are wired and tired. They don't want to eat healthy food. Their brain craves sugar. They definitely don't want to move. And the rest of the day is just kind of sluggish. So getting that good quality sleep is so important to like, it's like you feel like shot out of a cannon because you have so much energy. 
Exactly. You know, and also too, I mean, like uh, once you, you know, you get getting a good night's sleep, you, you're up um, and you do your thing. It just, it just really makes you feel like you've accomplished something, you know, and um, especially when it's early. And so then you can say, okay, I've accomplished this. So you feel successful um, before, you know, your day um, gets started. A hundred percent. Sorry, I'm about to lose the battery. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a plug. Sorry about that. Yes, I agree a million percent with everything you just said. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, so what else? So, yeah. So, tell me about your book. I have seven books. Oh, okay. Well, tell me about the latest one. The latest one. In my 20 years of working with women, 98% of them have wanted to lose weight. Weight loss is not like the secret. You just can't put it out in the universe that you're going to lose weight. So I created a workbook called the Perfect Balance Workbook. I have you make short-term goals with action plans. I want to drink more water. How are you going to do that? You could set your alarm on your phone and drink more water. Long-term goals. I want to fit into my jeans in two months. How are you going to do that? Fitting in workouts. 5 a.m. club is amazing. Eating more vegetables. So I, I find when people make action plans, that really helps, as well as dealing with when you feel emotional, and all women are emotional, find other things you can do besides eat. Yes. Because yes. pretty much every client I've ever had has said, Pam, you just don't understand. I'm an emotional eater. We all are. But you know what? calling a friend, walking your dog, journaling, doing yoga, meditating, all those things, whenever life is a little bit crazy, that will help your brain so much better than eating during that time. Because you and I both know when we're stressed, we are not reaching for apples or broccoli. Right. Definitely. I remember the time, um, you know, Pam, when I was, um, you know, feeling depressed and my marriage was falling apart. I, I felt lost. I didn't even know who I was at that, that time. And I remember, you know, getting up, you know, late at night and going in, going in and eating cakes and candies. And it was emotional eating, you know, because mm -hmm. I was, and I just felt uh, lethargic. I felt I didn't have any energy, you know, but then, and of course I would, you know, would look at myself and I would see myself getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but that wasn't enough to stop me from eating late at night because yeah, when you eat um, emotional you know, it's not, you're not reaching for um, broccoli, as you say, right? Mm -hmm. So the perfect thing is to do is just make sure you say, for me, I say, I don't eat after six o'clock right? because, um, because then I don't like how I feel when I'm full, right? But, uh, but then now I say, okay, if I'm going to have a snack, it's going to be something healthy, maybe a broccoli, maybe a celery stick, maybe something that's really light, um, because um, I don't like how I feel. And then, of course, when you don't emotionally eat, then uh, it's, uh, you, you know, it's better for your weight, you're not gaining weight, um, you know, because I said I was really feeling, um, you know, like depressed. And, and as I got bigger and bigger, I felt um, even more depressed, right? And, uh, but yes, I couldn't stop emotional eating. So how do you encourage your clients to stop emotional eating? Like, what are some of the tricks? I make them, I don't make them, I suggest to them have five things that they can do when they feel stressed and keep it on a sticky note or keep it on the notes in their phone. What are their favorite things to do? If they have a pet, fur therapy, fuzz therapy is so calming. And it, it triggers something in your brain that 
literally calms you down. Call, not texting a friend, calling a good girlfriend. Because you know what? When a girlfriend says, I need you, we are all like, okay, what can I do to help right away? Right. Oh, yes. Um, if you have a journal, write in a journal. I have a client actually that has a, a, a journal on her phone that she'd rather talk into because it takes less time than writing down. Great. Get out of the house. If you are away from your kitchen, great. Take a walk, even with or without a dog. Um, go to the library, check out a book. Just distract yourself or talk out your feelings because we, you and I both know after you emotionally eat, those feelings are still there. Right. And you got to get them out better. Just like Shrek says, better out than in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going away on its own. <laughs> Never does. That is for sure. So, so Pam, how do you decrease your stress other than running? What other things do you do? I try to go to yoga once a week. Um, I take my dog for a walk at least once a day, no earphones, no podcasts, just I'm outside in nature, which I really like. Um, I like to read books. I stretch. I love to stretch. My body is so happy when I stretch. Um, a girlfriend of mine was telling me, hey, Pam, you should do child's pose for a minute every night before you go to sleep. Well, I don't really like it at that time, but to in it, it's so relaxing and really does help with stress right oh yeah i mean i and, and so uh, for me i um i love to work out that's how i decrease my stress you know and then of course positive thinking so what is positive thinking how does that um um how does that impact your life um do you tell your clients to be positive or do you is that a philosophy that you strive for to be positive at all times all times don't tell me you can't, you can't, whether you say you can or can't, you're right. But when you say you can, you can do anything you put your mind to. All right. Oh, for sure. And I really enjoy the fact that, um, I, even those days that I'm not feeling good, you know what I do sometimes, even though I'm not feeling oh, I'm good, what I'll do is that, yeah, I said, you know what? I am, you know, I am not feeling good today, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get all dressed up. I get all dressed up because I said, life is too short and I'm going to make myself feel better. So I get all dressed up. I put on, you know, my, you know, nice, beautiful dress or pants, whatever it is that I enjoy, that I like how it looks on me because I refuse to go through life now feeling, you know, feeling depressed or feeling, you know, negative. And I always say, I'm going to be, you know, be positive. I get all dressed up. And then I say, okay, as me work on your mind, right? What is it that you're grateful for? And, uh, and say that, you know, and thank, thank God, thank the universe. Because um, if you don't, if I don't do that, then I get into a, uh, like a deadly little um, ways of, um, you know, of thinking and then everything, then my whole day, if I'm negative, my whole day becomes negative. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that. And of course I'm not productive and I'm not, you know, I'm not being my authentic self. Right. And so, yeah. so what, so then how do you, you teach your, your, um, your students to be positive? You know, I just actually did an Instagram post on this last week is I was uh, beating myself up as women are experts at doing about a poor uh, financial business decision I made. And I could feel myself going to that negative call it negative Nelly or Debbie dark cloud. Um, and I thought, you know what? I got to show gratitude right now because when I show gratitude, it shifts my mindset. And I have four friends that I've had for over 30 years. And I texted them all and said, I'm so thankful for you in my life. I love our friendship. I love that we stayed in touch. My life is better with you in it. 
and it only I was actually at Target and I got a drink at Starbucks and I sat down, I did that. And after I texted my friends, I got up and I felt literally a million percent better. So being we it's easy to say I can't, I don't have, I wish I could do this, but when you are thankful for really what you hold near and dear to your heart, it really does turn your attitude around. Oh, it, it does, you know, and um, so then when you're thankful, you know, you, it's hard to be negative when you're thankful. Yeah. And, and, and you say like, you know, you, you're crying and, and running at the same time. It's impossible to do. Right? Yeah. Yes. You know, when you're yeah. thankful and you're not that, you know, that that mode of being gratitude and and, you know, and, and thanking for God for your life and just being positive. It's hard to be negative. It really is. Right. If you focus on that, yep. be positive. Right. So. So Pam, go back with all the knowledge you have now um, and all the knowledge and experience, go back and talk to your younger self. What words of wisdom would you tell her so she can believe in herself? I would say, even though you're hurting a lot right now, you're growing so much from every hard experience that comes your way. Hang in there because life is nothing but amazing on the other side. Life is amazing on the other side. Oh, I love that. So what are some of, what other things would you like to share with our audience today? My tagline is your health is your greatest wealth. And I tell people when I, I do motivational speaking as well, is that our bodies are a Ferrari. Please don't treat it like a trash can. What you put in, I call it your pie hole in your mouth is the most important thing you can do for your health and wellness. Think of, it doesn't have to be a Ferrari, it could be a Porsche, but think of yourself as a high performance machine and we're all aging. We're all gonna be hopefully 60, 70, 80. How you feel as you age has a direct correlation to what you eat every single day. And that choice is yours. What's on the end of your fork is your choice. Um, and it really does make a big difference. I'm 52. I don't have any aches and pains. Well, you Even, look great. You look great. Thank I you. I wouldn't say you're 52. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I take very good care of myself. And when I went to see my sports guy after I got hit, you know, him saying your injuries would. That just was like my Oprah aha moment. Like I have to spread the word of health and wellness people on don't go through the drive through eat a lot of food grown from the ground. Don't try any fad diet. Know that you're worth the time it takes to take great care of yourself and your health. Your body's like a Ferrari. Don't put trash in it. I love that. That's a great analogy for, for, your, you know, for your body and for what you put, because you know, we all have control of what we put in our mouth. We do. And so when you want to fight putting all that junk food in your mouth, don't do that. Just say, you know what? I am not going to eat the junk food and, and maybe go with just daily because you know what? I love chocolates. I love to eat chocolates eh? and, um, and junk food. And so I have to make, have to intentionally make a decision that, that as me know today, and I would go day by day by day okay. today, I'm not going to eat that junk food. I'm going to eat something. I'm going to make um, you know, healthier, better choice. You know, even, even as a former athlete, uh, you know, when I was an athlete, I, I ate properly and I, and I, I put good stuff in my body, but I still crave the junk food. 
I think everybody does, but yes. how do you, how do you feel when you wake up the next day when you eat really well? Oh, I feel great when I eat really well, but you know, but when I fill my, uh, fill my Ferrari with junk food, with chips and cookies and cakes, and then, you know, then I don't feel, I don't feel too good. Right. So I, I love you say that, you know, don't put trash in your body because we have one body right? That's going to last us until our 70, 80, 90. You know, if you're lucky, you're in a hundred. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm not sure if that's lucky or not, right? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to live with quality of life, right? <laughs> not just living, you know? Um, but yeah, you have to make sure that you put, you know, good things in your life, good food, um, food in your mouth. And um, so, so Pam, thank you so much. That was awesome. It was so enjoyable to talk with you, Esme. I so appreciate you having me on your show. Oh, awesome. So to learn more about Pam, go to EsmeLawrence.com. And thank you so much for um, listening to Sprinting to Success podcast. My name is Pam Sherman, and I am Sprinting to Success with Esme Lawrence. Woo, yes, yes. Oh, thank you so much, Pam. And have a great day. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.